right, welcome back to another episode of Difficult Podcasters. My name is Randomly Ronnie Jr. Kelly, uh, what is the first thought in your mind right this second? Uh, I need better lighting. Oh, <laughs> why do you say that? You're gorgeous. No, thank you, thank you. No, I feel like um, I just, you know. You All right. Have you been critics, but have you yeah. been enjoying doing the show? We've been I more have. talkative than usual. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. I mean, when we first started podcasting together at all, it was always recaps, which recaps are great because I love film and television. I mean, I'm a person that if you take me on a date to a movie, you cannot talk to me. Don't try to touch me like I want to watch the movie. So you can't you know, it's not like a, a make out date for me. <laughs> Like, I really get into it. So I love being able to recap everything. But this new direction that we're doing and being more vocal and opinionated just on different stuff and sharing our experiences, it's just been really fun. So I'm excited to continue to do that, especially with you. You really do talk about the growth of it all because we've been recapping, of course, the show that we talked about, which was Hulu's Difficult People, which obviously on our YouTube channel and you know platform in general, you could hear all those episodes, 28 episode recaps, which is fun. But even that, going a little bit beyond, Kelly, we have been doing this forever. We've been <laughs> recapping um, shows since the AfterBuzz days, you know, and a lot of them. So I think this was... Um, kind of like so many times we've been on a set together or in this case a zoom like set mm -hmm. and it was kind of like the next level i think honestly in the three new episodes that we've started since we've had our new revamp um we're learning a whole lot more about yeah. us we definitely <laughs> <are>. three parts <laughs> so so many things and it's it's fun and like I've said before on, on our past couple episodes, I am in a very reflective stage of life. So you're going to hear a lot of that from me. So um, if that's kind of not your thing, sorry, but I'm definitely going back, revisiting stuff and just, but in all in a, such a good, positive way, I just... I'm feeling very thankful and appreciative these days, which is kind of like a new thing for me. You mean optimistic and positive? <laughs> optimistic That's what you're gonna... and positive. What the heck gross? is that about? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, real I mean, quick, don't, you... don't worry. I'm still good. You still get lots of bitchy stuff. <laughs> we got some great topics we're going to talk about, and uh, we'll break that down. Can you uh, break down real quick who we are brought to you by? We are brought to you by Viridian Row. Viridian Row is a fantastic small business owned by two sisters, and it's kind of like a creative space. You can go to their website, viridianrow.com. There's lots of fun t-shirts. Movie quote t-shirts are my favorite, mm -hmm. obviously, but they are constantly updating and adding new stuff, and you can also customize. So if there's anything that you see or if you have an idea of your own, you can shoot them an email and you can create with them. And the coolest thing about it is I'm a very much a jeans and t-shirt girl and I hate when I find a really cute t-shirt that I like but the material or the cut or something is really terrible for me so oh this... you're coming at old navy I could hear it <laughs> I could hear it right but there like, in your or or any like if you order something off Amazon and then you know you get it and it's like a really itchy material or the cut just doesn't do right or one wash and it like disintegrates like that sucks the greatest thing about Viridian Row is you can pick the style of shirt you want. Like if you find it, one of one of my favorite quotes that they have is um, 
a John Wick quote. And it, it's simple. It just says it wasn't just a puppy. I love that. I've probably worn it on one of our shows before. But you can get it in a V-neck, on a hoodie, on long sleeve, a you know crop top, whatever you want. And you can also request the blends that you like. So that's, that's really right. important for me because, you know, I love to wear shorts and I will wear them until they fall apart. So Kelly, Kelly love loves a good graphic. I mean, like mine yes, right does. now, it says one, mm -hmm. two, three into the floor. Do you get it? I mean, she's yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> we get it. So we get it. Um, I love Ridian Row because you know what? They are our day one. You know what I mean? Like everyone loves anyone who's creating a project, like a musician who's creating music. They always refer back to the people who were with them at the beginning. So we have a lot of really good supporters for sure that are just fans of listening to podcasts. But in terms of our sponsorship, it's always going to be our day one is always going to be um, Viridian Row, which I think is excellent. So let's get on with our topics because there's tons of them. Right off the bat, it was a couple weeks ago, we were talking about um, the controversy, as was everybody, um, with the movie Don't Worry Darling. So, Kelly, I wanted to ask you, in comparison to the controversy and the buzz, you actually went to go watch the film. Um, what did it leave you uh, saying and thinking? I did watch it. And I, at the end of it, I kind of was like, what the f was that? But in a very good way. If that, if you can understand that it was so interesting and so beautifully done and it just looked great. I really hope that the silliness of all the social media stuff doesn't deter anyone from going to see it. Cause I think Olivia Wilde did a, such a great job. At, you know, it's such a, it's just a, a woman powered movie which is interesting because the story is kind of about putting women in their place and having them support the man. Like, Cause you know, it sets back into the fifties. So it's that mindset, but you know, you see the women, you know, having fun and being strong and not just, you see, it's just kind of a different side to the homemaker stuff, but there's a lot of twists and turns. And, you know, I thought, you know, Florence, was amazing. Like everyone says, like she's such a powerful mm -hmm. actress. And I mean, I've seen her in other stuff and she's always been fantastic, but it just, it, it really was great. And, you know, Chris Pine, he's, you know, he doesn't have like a lot of scenes, but he steals them when he's in it. And he definitely has this creepy vibe, but it's also like super hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he I just, can see it. you know, he just really has such an amazing screen presence. And I mean, I've heard Harry Styles has kind of been getting, you know, some lackluster reviews, but also his character was sort of Stepfordy. So it, it really didn't, at least in my opinion, I, I don't feel like he was pushing for that much range because the character really wasn't, you know, the character in itself was a little bit dull. I mean, not really dull, but you know, it just, just like Stepford ish, I, mm. you know, well, it was so, limited. It was limited to it was a limited. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. So, I mean, I think he did. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, whatever. But I feel like it was in line with what the character was supposed to be. The but. actual people and the powers that be that make the decisions, which are much different than Twitter, you know, craziness. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're going to be 100% behind Olivia Wilde as a director? Because that's what, like what you said. You don't want it to be where the shenanigans overshadow right. the film. Do you think that this was good enough where she's in line for something in the future? I mean, I do. I, I, I really do. I think she is a very talented filmmaker. I mean, obviously this is only, you know, she's very green with it still, but I mean, it, I thought it was like a great movie. And again, I'm a huge movie buff. I 
really look at everything from the cinematography to the editing to how everything kind of flows together. And it really was a sight to see. I mean, there were a little, there were little parts of it that kind of were a little slow for me, but it was intentional because it's more of a psychological thriller and a little bit more like sci-fi ish, you know, and I'm not a huge fan of that, but I did appreciate the story overall. And I was, you know, kind of like, wow, by the end of it, because there are a couple of things that happen that you don't really expect to happen. Mm-hmm. But I like that it was like the female empowerment in the movie, like really shine through considering it was like so many men trying to kind of push you down to have your place in mm. their perfect society. Like your job is to support the man. Your job is to do this, which is what they were doing. But they were also partying, having a great time and, you know, showing that they had, you know, thoughts and, you know, opinions of their own. So, well, I can't wait to see it, though. The, it was just a clip, the clip where she gets on the phone and somebody's some woman is kind of giving her the information that she doesn't know what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. It, it seems riveting. So, I'm, you know, you saw the whole mm-hmm. thing. So I'm, I'm really yeah. ready to put those pieces together um, just for sake of like it comes up a lot. Like, did Harry Styles like rise to the occasion of being a good actor or was he just kind of a star studded thing where it just gave the film a lot of attention? What do you think of him? I thought that he did well enough. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't compare him to a Chris Pine and all the stuff that Chris has been in because it's just different. But Harry is a showman. He can put on a show. Like, yeah, he can. He and, can. and you have to sell ticket movie tickets too. So yeah. it's, it's it's that whole it's that whole thing. But I thought that the chemistry between the two was very it, it was awesome. It was very powerful. Um, they're the intimacy that they showed and just their passion for one another really came through. So, I mean, he can evoke emotion mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. I don't think it's like, you know, like when I see Justin Timberlake in a movie, like I'm not a huge, like I, I, I've just never been a huge fan of his. I've never really seen anything. Many of people have said, like, many, many people like, have agreed with that. Yeah. You know, like Queen Latifah, she goes in a movie and she is an actress. Oh, she yes. wants to make mu- music. She's an artist. But you see that different. Justin Timberlake, I've never really thought that, but that's just my own personal opinion. Harry, I'm still kind of on the fence about it, but I do want to see The Policeman and kind of see how that goes. I haven't seen um, a- any other movie that he's been in, so this is a first one for me. But I do I do want to explore more of his work and see. But, I, you know, he he did evoke emotion, I, I feel like. I, I think, you know, he was a character in this movie and you know you did I did feel the passion between their two characters and their marriage and the you know the love that they that they had for each other in certain scenes was you know really intense so and it was more than just the sex you know because mm. the sex scenes were hot but it was just it was for me taking it in and I believe the way that Olivia meant to push it out was it was more like the connection between these two people and just kind of like the physical power between the two of them and why this situation is so intense and how you, how it all unfolds in the end. And that's the way it came across to me anyway. So. All right. That's great. <laughs> any, any last words on it? Go see it. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on to something less uh, exciting, I guess, but still we wanted to get your viewpoint. Last week we were talking on the show about talk shows and Kelly was like, <laughs> I have not really seen them, but I'm going to come back with the full report. So yeah. damn it. Let's get that full report. 
Okay, so I did watch a couple of episodes of Sherry Shepard and Jennifer Hudson's new shows. And I have to say between the two, I am team Sherry. I thought she was a lot more fun to watch. She has a little bit more of her personality. Um, well, a lot more of her personality kind of showing through when she's, you know, going through the different, you know, segments of her show. I thought she was funny. She's entertaining. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know that I would go and like watch it every day, but mm. I did appreciate like I appreciate it. I can understand why I can understand why she has a show a little bit more so than Jennifer. Jay Hud. Yeah. Jay Effie Hud. from Dream Girls. I mean, yeah. I, she's a mm. very talented young lady. I absolutely think she is, you know, she's a beautiful girl. She's very talented, but I she is a little like lackluster when it comes to moving a show along. Well, good thing she won an Emmy already because she will never, and I mean never, <laughs> win an Emmy for the Jennifer Hudson talk show. It's just not going to happen. But also, this is her first time out, right? So Sherry has a lot more experience. She's done radio stuff. She was on The View. She has, a, you know, she's a lot more under her belt, and she is a lot more comfortable in front of the camera and just being herself, and that comes through. I wonder how, I mean, the teams and, and the talent themselves – decide mm -hmm. to make these decisions obviously if the opportunity comes to you you want to do it but what if you are like somebody like jennifer hudson who this is not your most natural thing you know mm -hmm. her interviews when she um asks somebody a question she'll she asks magic johnson so uh you know when, when did you meet cookie well i was at a dance in michigan and she was dropping it low and instead of having like a cool reaction jennifer hudson goes in michigan at a dance dropping it low well how about that like she doesn't she doesn't talk normal she just repeats the same thing they say um i just wonder where or if there's been other celebrities who turned down the opportunity she's an egot the thing is like is this what she wants to be doing i mean obviously when you think of the money and the opportunity i just i wonder does everybody who gets propositioned a great opportunity take it or do some of them say you know i'm not really this isn't my lane and it seems yeah. like this would have been a time for her to say, I just got my Tony Award, not but six minutes ago. Maybe I could stay focused in my music and get back to that and win a, you know, win a Grammy again. And it just this just didn't seem like the smartest move, if, if that's my nice critical way of saying it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know, yes, some people have been, you know, offered certain things like this and they do turn it down. I mean, I know of a few people that have. But at the same time, I think she... I watched an interview that she did with Randy Jackson. She knows Randy. So it's a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more friendly and more of her personality came out during that interview because she has a personal connection to him. So I think that makes a difference also. But I mean, it's, it is, it is interesting. It wasn't, I mean, I did get pretty bored pretty quick, but I mean, maybe, you know, she'll kind of, grow into it a little bit more as she continues to do it and get and become more comfortable like she was with people that she knew a little yeah. bit more intimately so we'll and um oh hold on one second i think i lost you oh <laughs> <laughs> boy we're talking about jennifer hudson's talk show and they're like well we're gonna screw with yours uh, we, we almost lost kelly there for a moment <laughs> kelly i value your words oh, we're, you. we're, we're not trying to get rid of you um, we'll move on from that. But yeah, talk shows are interesting. I love them. I've always loved them since a kid. So I always mm -hmm. get real excited. Like who's going to fill in for James Corden? Like I just, I just yeah. love the whole thing. So I'm well, not and now Trevor Noah. Cause he's taken off. Well, he's taken off and he's 
taking taking he's levitating. <laughs> yeah. He's leveling up in a different way. <laughs> yeah, he's leaving uh the Daily Show, but then there's like the rumors of of him dating Dua Lipa. I, I don't really like to speak on rumors because it's like it's, it just seems so like uh eh, are mm-hmm. they really or aren't they? But I'm only gonna talk about this one because gosh, I like this. I like this so it's an much. Interesting pairing. Very I mean, it seems pretty random to me, but I I mean I like it. I Good um but, you know they're having fun. Good for them. I feel like I feel like they've already been together. Like it was like rumor, and I feel like it's already real. Like I'm like I'm ready to go to the wedding. I don't know. I just like them both. You know, um, she is just so fantastic. Seems to have a great head on her shoulders. You know, she came mm-hmm. a little bit younger in the in the more like the modeling space. So like a lot of it was more fashionable, and you see that on the red carpet with her music. But she's just made consistent fun dance pop music, and I just am such a fan of hers. And like, yeah, she should totally be hooking up with Trevor Noah. I know he's older than her, maybe, you know, but it just seems to work for me. And, and I'm so not witty, you know, he's smart, he's funny. That you know, she de- I'm sure she deals with so many, you know, chauvinistic idiots all the time. It's probably a breath of fresh air to deal with somebody who's a little bit older, but also a little bit more charming and funny and smart. He seems very sensitive too, right? Like a little sensitive. No, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He definitely seems a lot more compassionate than some of the people that, you know, kind of come across. So, you know, it's fun. Good for her. Get it. I huh? like it. I would date both of them. So I'm into this. <laughs> Let's go. Um, other dating rumors. You were telling me um, it's not a rumor or whatever it is, but it was a photograph and everyone makes the biggest deal. Oh, I try not to yeah. make big deals of Chloe. And this is the actor from 365, you were saying? Oh, yeah. 365 days. Yeah. I mean, he's hot. So get it, girl. Good for her. Well, who was he dating? Who was he dating previously? (laughs) I have no idea. But they were just hanging out. And, you know, some sources say that it's, you know, they're just friends. Other sources say that it's a new flame. Who knows? Maybe she just has like a fun, you know, flirty night. Who cares? Like, get it. Yeah, I feel like you could have a level of just hooking up because you're, that's what we do as regular people. We're always hooking up. You, 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 it's not like every single person you've ever walked into the bedroom with now has to show up on a magazine with you. It could be one of those things. But then he had another rumor that had come up, too, on Real Housewives, actually. Oh, Real okay. Housewives of Dubai. Uh, Sarah, um, her last name starts with an A. I can't recall it at the moment. They were like, oh, what's the what's the rumor there? And she was like, no, it was just a, I was his manager or whatever. But Sarah's like one of the most beautiful uh, Real Housewives uh, cast members. So like already in, in this last like six months, there's been two rumors of him. I actually kind of didn't even really know who he was because I'm not really that familiar with the movie. Unfortunately, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not either, actually. But um, he's getting all these rumors with all these uh, beautiful women. I mean, maybe that's not his taste after all. Maybe he's just trying to throw out a decoy, which I would not <laughs> be mad at that but we could move on <laughs> maybe he's just having fun maybe everyone's just having fun like, why do you have to be in a relationship like, yeah i hate that we care but like we're just trying to entertain a little bit so shut up if you don't like it um <laughs> but they are cute i guess you know and chloe she paid good money for that body so yeah, i mean you might as well you know get some mileage out of it i, I guess yeah oh chloe when i look at her i just say to be beautiful is to be rich <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you know and and, and and where she started and you know where who she's become it's like we're you know well, I mean, i've always i've always had a soft spot for her because then you know uh, everyone was always so and you know and i am not like no, i have you're personal not. experience with the mm-mm, kardashians mm-mm, so but mm-mm. i have to say when it comes to chloe i've always kind of had a soft spot for her because 
I just feel like she was bullied so much, like by the media and stuff. Was when she, she was younger? And everyone always criticized the way that she looked. Oh. Always, always, always. That was. Um, I just I hated that for her because I mean I I think she's always been an attractive girl and didn't need to go to the extremes that she did. But but I mean I get it. You know she's, you know the society puts these unrealistic expectations on and she had, you know, she has the means to, to do what she needs to do to feel better about herself. I just hope that she does because she did go through a lot of, a, a lot of it from, you know, the television show, social media, like all this stuff. It was always just kind of me. Do you think um, there's a point that like, they have to take a little bit of accountability for continuing to put themselves on camera to this magnitude? Like, oh, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't even say that the first six years, first eight years, first 10 years at E, but to continue to do this and to say, like, you don't know the real story and you're breaking you're breaking me as a person. It's like, you know, I think it's very easy to blame the public on everything, but and the public is terrible to them. However, um, and I used to think that we would deal with this in the radio industry. And I know it's just like not the same thing, but I used to love broadcasting so much. I remember having a, almost like a sick um obsession where like i couldn't wait to be back on the air almost like me the regular person never was valid enough but me being on the on the air felt so good and i remember saying like even getting scared i'm like ronnie i'm never gonna not be in like this intrigued like how can i just be a regular person there is a part of life where you have to be valuable yourself without any bells and whistles and to me on a smaller level way smaller level radio was that so when i look at the kardashians i say I feel like they're just so attracted to it and they keep putting themselves in this turmoil and they have to like pull back from it and just be themselves and be okay with that. I mean, at this point you have no reason to do it. You don't need more money in terms of generational wealth at, th at this point. It's not, you know, but maxim on, but this is what their mother was pushing ever since forever. That was the way that it was. And yeah, I mean, I've got some personal stuff where I'm just like, wow, like I get it. You know, you know, there's the stage moms and all that, but then there's Kris Jenner and it's, I mean, gotta, gotta love her for, you know, she definitely made her kids, you know, millionaires, billionaires, whatever. So I, I get it. It's also, you know, going through the scrutiny that you go through is the price you pay for that. So everyone has a choice. They, I guess for they, even, they her, do, but I guess for you, if, sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, it's. It, it, I agree with you. It's a choice. They continue to choose to do that. But what else are they going to do? You're Well, that's what I'm saying. Even her, like, at what point do you, like, stop becoming, like, sickly obsessed with this thing where I, and I'm not saying that their reasons for doing it is because of validation, but, like, to some degree, it is a validation. Like, at some point, you got to pull your whole family back, say, boy, we got this other opportunity at Hulu, but gosh, we had a great 15 years. We've changed our whole lives. At any time, we could all come back and do a project. Like we're never, we're, we're, we're too, wh we're too why? big because you got to be healthy in, um, a, 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 in a human space. Clearly this is not a healthy family. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but, <laughs> but you know what? But I, it's all the thought processes, right? Because if you look at all the, the child actors and, and stuff, like that's all you know how to do. So for them, that's all they've really ever done. They tried to do other little things with like the boutique and all this other stuff. And how, like, where is all that now? 
Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing that works. So you stick with what works. And I think it's that mentality that you got to keep going and going and going until they don't let you because eventually they're not going to let you anymore. But isn't that the mentality for people who have to make a check at the end of the day and have to pay money for the rest of their lives? This family does not need to do that. They could stop today and they can make well, money. shit with all those kids that they have and all those divorces and all these baby daddies and like all that. I mean, all the different lawsuits and well, all the that's different what, stuff. So. That's what I would be curious to know. Like, is there it, it seems like they've made enough where they could even withstand all that stuff so anyways i'm just talking about the mental and the psychological and i think that goes for everybody no, that goes for yeah. i think oprah said it when she left her talk show she was talking to jay leno and it was during his his hiccup with coming off the air coming back on the air and she says i need to learn to be oprah without this tv show coming through those double doors or i can't remember how she walked out on set yeah. but that's that that is a, an adrenaline it's the same thing with the kardashians they need to learn to like sit it down and just be fine with who they are and, I, and how do you not be fine with who you are if you have all that money and you could do new things? I'm just, I make a point. I make a point. I mean, Maybe I get, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. But it <laughs> just goes to show that at the end of the day, money isn't everything. But when you're striving for something and that has always been your number one goal, then that's just really all you know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who knows? It's, who knows? It's just, it's a, it's a very interesting concept nowadays with just, you know, being able to watch the media evolve and the, the level of celebrity evolve and all these new influencers and the platforms and everyone has a new platform to be able to do different things. And everyone can become notable in all these various different ways for basically nothing, Yeah. but it's, but it's something. So you take what you can and you you run with it. And on the one, you know, on one side of it, it's fantastic that there's all these new opportunities. But then on the other side of it is, you know, the the mental anguish part of it. Yeah, but I just wore. I, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think but there's a. I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you, you. No, I was gonna say something completely off topic. <laughs> just like... Roll it. We're done with her. <laughs> no, because I think it's it's funny because you know it's it's Halloween and month right so it's halloween month which we love it's super spooky have you been seeing like my lights like flickering like yeah. I, see them, I see them flickering but they're not, like i can't see them flickering in here and we had that but, happen yeah. last year too no <laughs> on one of our shows we had it happen when kelly said something and it was some <laughs> our show has been a, a just something special but i feel like I, I don't know i feel like like the the you know there's some see well, it's your fault. You're the one who likes Halloween so much. I like it like a normal human being. You like it like a lot, a lot. I feel like I've got some like you know spooky, sp- spooky stuff happening in this this house. I'm well, in. and and I critique. You uh, see it keeps going. I, no, I see it now. I, boy, the people on Apple and Spotify and the people who are audibly listening, they're like, "What is going on?" Well, well come like, come over to the party on YouTube and 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 Facebook and everything and Instagram, and you'll see. You'll see. I have a little strobe light i don't even realize because like the lights that i'm using to you know badly light my face right now mm-hmm. are not blinking like they're not it has to be like the overhead lighting she's giving, i know it's, uh, just, it's funny but boingo boingo <laughs> it's a dead man's party <laughs> you know it's like now I, it's yeah. time it so, is halloween we're gonna, time we're gonna do a we're gonna do a ghostly episode one of these days i promise we Promise we are we are uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about a couple of relationships and then we're going to get into the big topic today which is mm-hmm. billy eichner's bros want to talk about that um larsa pippen and her dating which has already been a story that's been out but we want to break it down a little but we've actually spent a little time on all these couples because you know we just talk that's what we do but i want to know kelly what do you think about this one so it looks like um 
I thought for some reason, I was like, why is Chris Red not coming back to SNL? SNL just had its premiere. And I was like, why is Chris Red not there? Like, usually you run that show, you know, a couple of years and he's pretty, pretty big and pretty famous. Sure. But you run it to the point where you're like good enough to just like transition into, you know, the next level of your career. It seemed a little early. Like I was like, he just kind of got there. But then Keenan, who's been there for the longest of any SNL cast member ever, I guess broke up with his wife and Chris Red's dating her. And I saw Keenan. I saw Keenan and his wife one day at uh, the 23rd Street um, Trader Joe's. And they look so cute. This was like five years ago, four <laughs> years ago. And now they're no more. But Chris Red is oh, all up in there. Chris Red, what's the better decision? Keenan's <laughs> girl or SNL? Chris Red, what? That's not the right choice. Go take well, Khloe well, Kardashian if you want the fame. It worked for of, Pete. <laughs> a lot of cast, a lot of cast members um, opted out for this new season. So there was a lot of there was a big shakeup over there. So maybe maybe one has nothing to do with the other. Maybe one is has absolutely everything to do with the other. Who knows? But I think it, it only has to do with <laughs> that. You think he was going to leave? Chris Red barely started. He was getting his name out for sure, but I think he hasn't been there more than four years. I don't Maybe know. five. I don't know. I don't, it seems a little early. I mean, it seems a little interesting to, to uh, base your career off of a relationship choice, but, you know, who knows? Well, I'm not saying he based no, his no, career. No, 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 but like if that has anything to do with it, base is the wrong I'm word, saying but... a, could, a, a slip up could have happened. Yeah. He knew his best intention was even if she liked him, he liked her, things happened. <laughs> the better intention was let's not let the public find out about this and then keep the party going. Um, however, if Keenan was your friend and Keenan seems to have more clout on that show than anybody, I mean, I assume just for being on the cast the longest, um, it might have been one of those awkward moments. So maybe, yeah, maybe Lauren and maybe NBC didn't push him out, but maybe Chris Red just felt it's not really a comfortable creative space for me. I'd actually like to know. I'm not being judgmental in this one at all. Feel slightly bad for Keenan, but I'm not being judgmental. But then at the end of the day, you never know what the, the behind the scenes story is, right? Although it's awkward AF, of course, but it brings up another interesting point. Like, is it cool to date? your friend's significant other or someone that you work with there, you know, after the breakup, I mean, what, you know, the, the oh. usual consensus is no, but who, who is anyone to choose who anyone loves? Like, and let me take it off Chris Red for a moment. And even Keenan, maybe mm -hmm. Keenan, you know, they broke up and I don't know where that, you know, right. uh, was it a 50, 50 split? What we don't know the story of her. We don't know much about her. However, what if, she she got scorned by the situation and said, oh, I'll show you, Keenan, who you close with on, this, on the cast. <laughs> and she just kept, you know, making the googly eyes. And then, you know, they get off work late and oh, let's get it. Let's get a bite. Turns into a drink and things happen in New York City, baby. I mean, I mean it just reminds me of like those stay toxic TikToks. <laughs> oh, no, those? no, no, no. You have. Uh, you showed me. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole series. They're so ridiculous, but they're funny. It's like don't date his like don't date his friend. Like date his new girlfriend's brother and be like, I'll see you in the holidays, babe. <laughs> it seems like it's more work for him to do this. It seems like this is more challenging <laughs> to 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 like date her than you know the the the, the plethora of women who you know are available to him. Um, I don't know. I don't but, you know, it also could be, you know, she knows the the schedule, you know, she knows the 
the trials and tribulations of the business and like all that stuff. So sometimes it's kind of nice to, you know, hang out with somebody that gets what you're going through maybe. And that could be attractive. I don't know. Mm, so maybe you know. Keenan's the one that did a maybe, wrong Maybe doing... Keenan's just the jerk in all of it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Keenan maybe crossed not. Chris in some way. And Keenan also crossed the Y ex-wife. And then all of a sudden they were like talking, they were bonding over it and, well, we'll show him. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe who <laughs> and so knows? Now, and now we're totally every... just talking shit at this point. Like, we don't know. Now every Saturday <laughs> night they put it on NBC and <laughs> they're, they're eating, eating pizza and screwing. And, and you know, Keenan's performance will go down because he's like, I wonder what Chris and my ex are doing. Oh, oh it's so God. sad. I hope it's not a bad story. So we'll move on. We made jokes, but I hope it's nice, even though it doesn't feel like it is because it's totally awkward either way yeah um real quick this has been one that's been in the news sort of for a little while um yeah. mia long and her basketball coach um fiance ex well, fiance i was gonna call them exes if they broke up but we don't know if they broke up oh I well i hope so but seven years and she just moved to boston to be with him that sucks yeah, I guess that's all we got on it is that, I mean, no, not that we, we have opinions for sure. We just don't need the show to be 10 hours long. <laughs> and I know oh, Kelly right. usually has strong opinions on it, but I think your bigger takeaway is just that they finally made the move to live together. And then all of this behind the scenes stuff happened in terms of like who he was dating and are they well, protecting he had an Yeah, Yeah, he had an affair with a co-worker, someone mm -hmm. that also I think believe was married that worked for the Celtics. Yeah, and well, that was the woman was i'm sure there's others but was mm -hmm. um associated with somebody in like a position of power so it's also a little protecting of the organization mm -hmm. too yeah like so he the was but yeah he was suspended and you know has done all the apologies and whatever but what's interesting about this breakup is i saw one of my um one of my facebook friends who's also an actor he had a whole opinion about this particular relationship and was more flipping it around to you know, Nia has this reputation in Hollywood where she's can be difficult and she can be kind of a bitch and blah, blah, blah. So kind of asking the question, is it maybe that's what she gets for being horrible? But I have a real problem with that because if that's the case, they've been engaged for seven years. He knows her at this point. If he doesn't like that, break up. Why do you have to cheat? If, you know, no matter what she is, if, 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 if those things are true and maybe she was a little difficult, maybe she's this, maybe she's that, does she still deserve this? No. Break up. Well, first of all, your friend was, was a male. Yes. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to want to hear a man explain, mansplaining. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different, that's a whole, that, but, it, that, but it, that <laughs> it's, it must be Nia's fault. You mean the one that didn't cheat? Okay. <laughs> no, but he didn't phrase it that way. It was more like, can we look at it from another side of it? Because what if he had been dealing with a lot of these, you know, pressures and this bad attitude and like all of these things, could it be, hey, wait a minute, do we automatically have to jump to the conclusion that he's just a jerk? Well, I objectively and diplomatically, I can look at that. I don't necessarily like that because at the end of the day, if she's a bitch, he's a dick, like whatever, break up. You don't have to humiliate someone else and you don't have to betray someone else that way that 
you share a child with, you've been sharing a life with, you're doing all of these big life decisions with, you were messing around before she moved there. Like why make her go through all of that if she's all these things that drove you to do that? So that do just doesn't make sense to me. Just break up. Do you think it's like the way that we were talking about, you were real mad at some of the other topics like the Adam Levine topic <laughs> yes. and then all of this. I mean, could it just be that it has nothing to do with anything other than he just needed to knock it his socks off? nothing to do yeah. with her. Nia doesn't live in Boston. He needs attention because men, you know, people, I'm not even just going to say men because yeah. people in general, you, sometimes you just need attention. Somebody pays a little bit extra attention to you. Maybe she was busy and he didn't get this attention. Whatever. At the end of the day, it's your own fault. You make your own choices. You do your own shit. If Kelly, your sadly, sucks, break up. Sadly, I think we're going more into what I've been saying on some of these episodes. And I'm just yeah. I'm not saying I would do it or I'd want to do it. I want to be monogamous also mm -hmm. um, in terms of dating. However, we've got to be a little more open to open relationships just because a lot of them aren't very mental at all. Now, if they're mental, that would really that would really make me distraught. But I don't mm -hmm. know. I said it before. I don't know that if I was married, I would feel like I have to suddenly divorce, uh, get a divorce because. Of, of cheating because cheating isn't really what bugs me as much i mean i'm a man so things are just a little different in my in my mind i suppose but it's like cheating isn't what bugs me as much the secrecy and all that stuff so what really became challenging in this one was the humiliation yes. the fact that like this woman was on the organization and like helped book her new apartment and, and just all of that kind of stuff feels really mm -hmm. gross to me the, the, the cheating i can yeah, get over i think i think i could get over well can you i feel like being in a long-term relationship that's significant where you're, you know, there, there's a lot that you go through, you know, the adjoining of two lives cannot be easy. I feel like I could probably overcome somebody just having sex with somebody else, but I don't think I could get over someone actually having a, a, an emotional relationship with someone else. Cause that's deeper. That's different. Sex is just sex. It's kind of like, the, just like the physicality of it. Okay. Like whatever, it could have been anybody, but if you're having an emotional relationship with someone where you're confiding in them and they're, you know, you're actually, you know, having deep conversations and you're really getting to know them, that's a whole different deal. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just feel like there's different depths to it, but at the end of the day, either way, he had a full on affair with someone else. He should have just, ended the engagement, broken up, like whatever. Like, I don't understand why people have well, because, to overlap shit. Because, because they, they want keep it. They, want, their, they yeah. want your cake and eating it too. No, everybody gets caught. Like, you, you, everybody you, gets caught. You're too logical when you say that. You're like, you're you're <laughs> making it like he's going to say, oh, well, I have this great life. I'm the coach. Uh, he's a very good looking guy. I've got Nia on, on, you know, with me. But like at the same time, I'm going to go cheat. Let me just break it off with her. Like, that's not a, like people can't move in that logic. They want to do it in the dark keep it keep it you know right. unheard of unseen well, and, that's what, and then he lost his fiance he loses his job he loses like stupid don't be stupid <laughs> like think okay of, you know, but is it is it grounds for like losing your job though like i mean isn't I mean, that his I, I, I mean it if is, it is if it was somebody from the organization's <laughs> wife like a higher up's wife then in that case it could be complex right but i'm saying like like if somebody cheats that's not really terms for losing your job. I mean, I guess he didn't lose his job. He just got suspended. Listen, we don't talk about basketball on this podcast. It's just so confusing to me. It's just so nuts. Any last thoughts on this? No, it's just I I feel for her and I, you know, I hope that it works out in whichever way that she wants it to. And 
you know, no, you know, women independent, you know, go getting women usually get that hard up. Oh, you have to be a bitch. So it's obviously your fault. And I just really hope that she doesn't really have to deal with that too much because regardless if she is or she isn't, she still didn't deserve that. Yeah. Just uh, communicate, communicate what it is. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe she does know. Maybe she did know he was like on the side hooking up with this one and that one and they still made it work long distance it's the humiliation that i think really got her yeah for sure i mean we don't know we don't even know how she'll probably maybe she stays with him we never know it's i mean our, and, and not and our again, business really if, if they can if they can work it out and they can fix it then you know i hope that they can well in the background i hear the phone i think nia's yeah. calling you now so i guess we gotta move on <laughs> nia it's okay we're supporting you and we're, we're just we kelly was just rip, <laughs> ripping him a new one let it be nia please stop <laughs> All right. After all that talking and, you know, we talk, 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 talk. A lot of topics get Kelly hot and bothered. Um, virtually everything gets me hot and bothered. <laughs> but quickly. Um, well, I guess not quickly. I guess we owe a lot. of Not owe, but want to spend a little bit of time on which feels like this monumental Billy Eichner having a gay romantic comedy. Even the words gay rom-com being a thing, a hashtag seems so odd um in the movie bros um kelly it's it feels like an interesting experience for us because our very podcast difficult podcasters was sort of you know a funny take on hulu's difficult people which we recapped every episode so we've been really yeah. supportive of this type of humor and billy eichner what he did on difficult people but i in, in my head i said wow a theatrical release this is like next level you know absolutely from a major studio yeah a major studio you know people fell in love with him on youtube or you know funny or die or whatever it was in terms of billy on the streets but then the movie was huge and his career has been huge but to me this felt like such a monumental thing never has there been something that felt so big but yet i'm not a part of it whatsoever but why am i so freaking emotional about it um it, it, because it's a very emotional thing i mean me as a straight female that really you know this this doesn't really relate to me in the way that a lot of the movies i normally watch do but the significance of it is so huge because it's just proving that the change the societal change in the worldwide acceptance that we're moving toward that everyone's story deserves to be told everyone's it doesn't always just have to be a heterosexual relationship at the forefront or at the core of any story that no matter what your beliefs are, your religious beliefs or, or what, you know, your sexual orientation or anything like that, everyone deserves to have their story told. And I love that this is in theaters in such a big way and only in theaters, which is a big thing nowadays. Yeah, luckily it's only in theaters because I probably would have watched it a second time already. I actually <laughs> plan to go back to the theater and watch it again. It's just such a, like I said, I, can't, I feel like I'm a, such a talker every episode. And yet here, something that I would be very into topical wise, I'm like, the the I can't get the words out um, based on like a little bit of an emotion. But that's how powerful that, that this is for you. And I, yeah. I love that. When something can stump you in that way, you know that it's really evoked a certain emotion in you. And this is so... So it's such a great thing. And I, I really, I want, you know, talk to me, tell me about it. How did it make you feel going in there and watching this whole story unfold? I love your tell Barbara me. Walters interviews. <laughs> Diane Sawyer. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Bia. I want to make you cry. Tell me about it. But what a, what a sap I am. I'm just the viewer and I'm making it all about me, but it no, really, but it, it, but it is. I, I want to know your experience. Tell me. I watched this with a family member and they were like, 
well damn he's a podcaster he's a he's a he's a he's grumpy he's gay like like everything there was a i mean he was rich and i'm not rich but there was a lot of things that just i'm like oh my god it's just oh and he was in his 40s and that to me was even important because yes. you and i always talk about like everything is geared towards you know 25 year olds or whatever mm -hmm. so even when we saw neil patrick harris do uncoupled on uh netflix that was even big because it's oh, like absolutely. let's start giving these stories of people in our age bracket you know kelly and i though we look so young um <laughs> we are we're dipping and doing in our 40s so even that made made a lot of sense um the the, the i'll go with the negative first the only negative thing is that i wish more people would have showed up you know for the movie in, in in the theatrical release because it is an important thing it's not something you could just sit on it was an important week uh weekend Mm -hmm. And I wish more people showed up. Um, and I know that um, the girls showed up, you know, the gays showed up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the allies showed up and all that. But I just wish there was somewhere in the people who don't get this lifestyle in the world and, and, and this type of world or even New York City, for that matter. Mm -hmm. I wish the people in these, you know, red states or whatever, you know, took it upon themselves to say, let me just try it. Let me just see if you know what this is. Obviously, you know, it's a big theatrical release, so it's going to have mass appeal. It's it, it clearly wasn't a movie just made for the gay community, the LGBTQ right. community. Yeah. It was made for everybody. And it was a little bit of like those differences, how we're so the same and we're so different. Like it was actually perfect in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the part that like disappoints me a little bit. So yeah. I'm not going to refer to box office numbers or nothing. I just feel like, wow, what a moment this could have been had the box office numbers been huge. And I feel a little bit as a viewer like mm -hmm. the like uh the winds the wind let, let out of the sail is that the is that oh the, yeah 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 i'm like i understand oh. yeah what you're saying here we get the but release also, yeah don't take it too much to heart even though i understand how difficult that is it's it, it's something new it's something new for our society as a whole and it's such a great first step in the right direction which is unfortunate that it's taken us this long to even do that but here we are and there's been a lot of really great reviews which are hard to come by i mean the new york times like all of these really reputable media outlets that are just praising the story and talking about how you can't even see sexual orientation in it that it is a story a story that you root for you know characters that you root for a love story you want to see and i feel like conversation within itself is so important and hopefully that the um the viewers and the numbers will follow that one thing i thought was really great was luke mcfarlane was the the other lead um, i adore him he's been in every hallmark movie I, and you know i'm a hallmark nut I love you are <laughs> the two things that don't make sense about kelly because she's a rigid she's a rough one um but you uh love halloween and you love uh christmas like you're very you know sometimes like kelly's tough as shit but you're very soft too you you yeah. got you you have dual, you have range. Mm -hmm. um, so Luke McFarlane is in it, and it's his character was actually very uh, instrumental, I thought, in the movie because it did show how some guys, you know, though they're out, you know, for many years, there's no problem with it. But there's a couple things that he's rigid and tied into within, like how you grow up and masculinity, and you know how you act and react around, you know, your family. I mean, there's a scene where, you know, he sadly tells Billy Eichner's character to kind of tone it down. That's like the last thing you want to hear. Right. You know, because then you start saying, who's to say I've even turned it up, bitch? I'm going to start getting sassy if that's what you want, you know? Right, and I just, right. I felt so much of that. You know what I mean? It's this constant, like, 
you know, looking in the mirror, knowing and loving who you are. Like I have no days in my life ever. I think I won the lottery. You know, being a gay man is the lottery. However, we're still, we're, we've won the lottery in a heteronormative world. And so, mm -hmm. so much of the movie I felt like gave that, that this really beautiful scene. And I won't say like all of the things, cause you want to of course watch it. But one of the beautiful scenes is just talking about um, assessing confidence and what that really means. And sometimes your confidence is based on almost like a, a last resort because you've stopped believing in anyone else. You have to believe in yourself only. And it's a scene that's so beautiful. It's on, um, it's in Provincetown and um, it's just the two of them on the beach and it's really, really cute. And you know, when I tell you that we talk about romantic comedies all the time here, yeah. you and I have done a recap on um, my best friend's wedding. <laughs> like we we're the rom-com, you know, recappers for the most part. We love it. And I always say, Kelly, you've heard this before romance. I like, but I love flirty energy. And there were oh, some yeah. parts in this movie that were very that. And I thought it was also good education too for like, you know, I went with the family member, like I said, who, you know, could now see all the things, but still it'd be in a funny way. Was there uh, four naked bodies, you know, hooking up? Yes, <laughs> but there was also the jokes that go behind that or why, mm -hmm. why even that is, you know, the terms of like, you know, I, I sometimes we talk, you know, gay men will talk more openly sexually sometimes, but that's based on, the lifestyle that you're given, you know, right. in my, in my age bracket, yes, as a kid, you were going to grow up and say, um, you know, you could get married. That wasn't a thing that was even available. So you start navigating in the ways that are available and sometimes owning your, your sexual identity and, and, and having pride. And that does make a lot of sense. Um, but I just thought it was done funny because a lot of the scenes were as awkward as um, I guess like Judd Apatow and Nicholas Stoller, um, were a part of this film and they've done all those really funny rom-coms yeah. already. And so you think about it like those those movies, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, they've had all the nasty like, oops, there's a dick in the screen, you know, like, <laughs> so why couldn't we see that type of stuff with this movie? And Billy did a really good job at making it funny. Um, it's funny, I couldn't talk about it at the beginning, like I was saying, I was really like speechless, but mm -hmm. now I'm kind of like really into it. Um, I thought it was another good aspect is that they were able to break down because uh, the character, he was working for an organization for, uh, you know, doing a museum for an LGBTQ museum. And what was great about that, and I guess people don't realize this, within the community, there's so much like not infighting, but just like differences. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, who, who I saw the movie with um, reacted as like, oh, wow, even within there's just all of these different you know, bits of understanding that everyone's trying to have, you know, hey, please understand my part of it. Or, I, you know, I, I didn't realize that about you. Um, and so it's not just a, a wash off like LGBTQ. They're all different within. And it showed that gay guys, you know, are not a monolith. Same with everything, you know, the G, the B, the T, the Q, the I, the a, you know, nobody's a monolith. And I just thought that was so great. Uh, it made me really happy. Um, did not did have. As... Can I ask a question real quick? Sorry. Please. I don't want to mess with your flow. But please. did you. Did you feel that when you were watching it that you were watching something similar to uh, a This Is 40 or My Best Friend's Wedding? Or, I mean, did you feel it had all the elements that you normally see in a rom-com? Or, I mean, did, could you really tell a difference? Like, if you didn't, if you weren't focused mm -hmm. on it being like a, like a gay rom-com, would it matter? Or would it just have been like a great romantic comedy? Well, that's a great thing is, for me, it didn't feel like, a gay rom-com because it mm -hmm. literally is stuff that I will go through in life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's only being in the audience and seeing who's, you know, you never know who you're sitting next to, you know, right. and, and, you know, so the people that are watching it, you're wondering like how much do they know about, you know, little bits of our story. Um, 
but for them, that's just, that's a great education, you know? And I know it sounds weird yeah. to be like educating the straights, but it was done in a way by them making it uh, LGBTQ museum as their, as their, as his, it wasn't his job, but it was, uh, well, I guess it was like his job. Mm -hmm. um, it, it offered a lot of knowledge, which, you know, I know all of that knowledge. You as an ally know all that knowledge, but not the, the, the person next door who's like, you know, had a hiccup over this type of stuff for years and years and years. They now could look at it as like, oh, wow. Okay. So they're not the same, 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 but they're not that different either. Like, yeah. and that's all, that's all you really wanted. Um, and the cast was really great. T.S. Madison was in it. Miss Lawrence, who's one of my favorites. Miss Lawrence was fantastic in a TV show on Fox called Star. Um, I would love to see Miss Lawrence go on and on. Though Miss Lawrence and T.S. Madison had smaller roles, still amazing. Luke mm -hmm. McFarlane, though, can we just talk about I mean, how beautiful... I, he is a beautiful man. I <laughs> adore him. <laughs> and he is a, such a scene stealer. Like, he just is... He's got such a charming way about like his presence and i i do i just i love him every like i've seen every single hallmark movie he's ever been in and i'm you know super excited to see to see this i'm bummed i didn't make get, get to make it out yesterday but i really it's it's uh i've got tickets for today so i'm i'm excited to see it. and and as i said it's a big big challenge because how do you do a movie that suffices the community because you know the community like you want it to be completely represented the best that it can but it can't represent everybody no, um so you yeah. know you have these shady bitches that are going online and are like oh what what did billy what does he think you know as if as if he's supposed to represent every single person he did the best that he could and and i mean i couldn't imagine having to do a piece of work um where your like target demographic let's say like in radio like we've done mm -hmm. before even in podcasting our target demographic is this but then wait you have to also worry about this audience too that is not an easy thing and he, yeah. he managed to weave it really together but there are some cute scenes that you would be like oh my god flirty energy is amazing you will you won't stop looking at luke mcfarland's chest because i mean it was like chiseled to the to, to all uh, the high heaven and uh, his character was a little like tough to grasp at, at the beginning because his character was the one who did what we do. I don't know if you do this, but it's easier to disengage with something real and just go oh, run over run over to this this other one. Or in his case, there's a three way going on over here and just kind of like never be present. And what's good is Billy Eichner's character, Bobby, called him out on it. He's like, so you went to go. I don't know if he said fuck you went to go fuck them. But when you felt lonely and you were away from all of the excitement, you called me. So you had a physical, uh, emotional connection with me, but you don't want to like really ex experience and explore that. And I just was like really into it. I was like, this is what I've done. This is what people have done to me where I'm mm -hmm. just like, I thought we got along great, but then, you know, no one wants to really feel anything. And as a, as a, yeah. no, I, I can relate to that for sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it, it's just so exciting from my point of view to know that this exists, especially for something, you know, like I would love to, you know, I'm trying to get my mom to go see this with me because like, I love my mom, but my mom is very Catholic. So there's a, a lot of this stuff that she has a hard time with. And I think this is, you know, but one thing that we've always kind of bonded over is movies. And I think this can show her a different side of what, you know, she deems to be appropriate and, and whatnot. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, like by any means, my mom is like, you know, ex you know, non-inclusive and is, you know, horrible to people or anything like that. But she does have her kind of like, you know, way, well, you know, well, generationally this and like all yeah. that. Right. But, yeah. you know, she's 
always open to being educated about things. And I love that this is something I can, you know, I can show her and we can, you know, and it, it'll push the limit and be in such a funny way where she'd just be like, oh, I can't believe you had me watch that stuff. You know, these guys are doing what, but, but I feel like she would be receptive to that. And I think that it's, it's, it's just such a, a great thing and such a, a good step forward. And I loved watching Billy and the way that the character was developed on difficult people, because you didn't really deal with a gay straight thing. Like they were just people. Yeah. It was just his nerves. Divide the world. It was his nerves on dating the guy. Like, yeah. am I doing the right move? Am I this, that they didn't spend time on like, Oh, he's wow. You know, you came out like it, none, that wasn't even an issue. No, this was like no. post all that, you know, and that's the beautiful part of life. That's when I talk to I you. Yeah. That I love so much about it. Sorry. That, that, like, that's what I love so much about it is that it doesn't divide the world. And in a mm -hmm. lot of movies that you see, you've got like the token, you know, this person or the token, that person. And, and we talked about this when we were able to interview Julie about the, the, the series that I just, I appreciated so much just from my perspective on how they were able to just make this a world where everyone just was. And it's the same mm -hmm. that Shit's Creek was able to do. Like you didn't single out, like there's a whole, like there's a different world for these people. There's a different world for that people. It's just one world. Yeah. And I love that. So I'm excited to see, and I'm sure that that translates into this movie, you know, does, you can speak better to that since you've already seen it, but it's 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 like it's better than it gets credit for. And again, if any shady queens out here want to be like, oh, you know, it didn't represent this and that. And I know progress is there, but we could, you know, we'd love to have more progress. I get all that. Um, I would love to see Miss Lawrence in the lead character for sure. Um, <laughs> but it's still a great step and it was still so funny and it was still giving a lot to to, to me, mm -hmm. I guess. I, I felt like the movie was made for me. I'm like, well, it I'm was. That's the thing I'm in my 40s, you know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I've been in that, that situation. It's, you know, it's the way I think like Sex in the City was made for me, like the original. Right, Let's not even right. talk about it just like that. But the original, like the, the, series, <laughs> the way that the series goes and all that, because you look at yourself and you're able to see such similarities. I mean, I look at a lot of characters and that's that is where my genuine love for filmmaking and storytelling comes from is because it's a way to get lost in these worlds and help therapeutically go through emotions that I go through and seeing different perspectives and not feeling so alone with it. So I can only imagine like how amazing this was for you for, you know, the first one of, you know, the first time to see a major motion picture about something that you can absolutely 100% yeah. personally relate to. And there's so many things that have been out before, but they're all, you know, uh, not on, but not on the scale of a, right, of a major the, studio. The main, film. the main thing you have yeah. the side stories and you have, you know, like the dealing with it in different ways. Like, you know, there was the object of my affection where it was a different kind of relationship, like a, yeah. you know, the straight person trying to deal with the gay, you know, like all that. So it's, yes, these stories have somewhat been told a bit, mm. but this is just on such a different level and so much more in depth for it. Yeah. That that's just what makes it so special. Did we already talk about object of my affection on this podcast yet? No, how I was telling haven't. you. But, but I told you, though, we texted you about did, it, yes, I thought, about where it, I yeah. was saying how, um, or on the phone, I was saying how when I was growing up, this was years before I could get any mental clarity on all this, mm -hmm. but seeing Object of My Affection in that kissing scene, I, I painted it in my head that it was this big, big, first of all, long kiss, and like they... It, it felt like they walked longer too. Like it was like a longer, longer. It was just literally down from the brownstone, I think, or whatever yeah. the case. But it felt more epic. And it was and then I watched it just recently. I was like, oh, that was the, the daintiest little kiss. You know, they barely, they barely touched. It would give them a high five is more intimate. Um, <laughs> but what is interesting about that is when you are assessing and finding yourself, um, 
you assess there's a joke that is about we'll say we'll, we'll date for three months and then we'll assess later um, but when you're assessing yourself and that's all you can grab from and you got to make a decision right there in the paul rudd character if this is a yes or no if this is what your life is about there's so little there's not even much dialogue you know other than you know, he, he was openly gay, Paul Rudd's character in that movie, but there wasn't a lot of dialogue to you being a younger teenager and saying, is this, is this maybe what I'll, you know, is this, is this my life <laughs> when I grow up? Right. So that's why this movie made a lot of sense. Like they did some really good things in terms of, and I don't want to give all the movie away. One of the things and why I want to see it again, I'll probably go see it on Wednesday, Kelly, mm -hmm. is because, oh my God, I get so happy about the movie is I watched too many interviews, so I felt like a couple things were going on. I felt like I knew a lot of what was going on, you know, a lot of uh -huh. teases, and I knew we were going to podcast immediately about this, and it was going to be a big, you know, talking point because we love Billy Eichner and difficult people, and it's your kind of humor for sure. And so I was like, something would happen. I'm like, oh, I got to, uh, oh, I got to tell Kelly this. And it's like, I want to go back and watch it where I'm just like in the movie by myself. And truth be told, I know this sounds shady. Tell me if you think it sounds shady. I was with a family member who was lovely, mm -hmm. but I, you know, support is one thing, but to see stuff and hear stuff and, you know, it's a R-rated movie. Right. I, I did feel parts of like, don't talk to me during the movie. <laughs> I'm telling you, my favorite thing to do is go to movies by myself. And oh, every, yes. every time I go with someone else, I always regret it like instantly and unless, it wasn't personal it wasn't like, personal unless i'm going to movies with like with you or with someone i know just is like really into it as much as i am great but if not i rather i mean my favorite thing to do on a saturday morning is usually like when i had this time on saturdays was i would go to the very first showing at the amc in burbank and it would be like the <laughs> 10 a.m show that I would go to by myself and I would be one of like three people in the movie theater. And it was my favorite thing. And mm. I would just see whatever movie I wanted and I'd have my horrible like concession stand snacks. And it was like the best experience. And that's what I'm going to do tonight to go see this I movie by myself. But I just, I, I love that there's that opportunity. And I just, I'm so excited for everyone involved in this movie because it, it's, you know, we talk about so many things and, you know, with the, the Emmys and the Oscars and all of this, and we celebrate, you know, so many different things. And, and hopefully the more that this gets talked about and, you know, and it's just one weekend and it's, it's really sad that so much, so much, you know, pressure is put on opening weekend, but hopefully it, this will just become one of those, you know, cult classics that everyone will always like quote and talk about. And, you know, we'll have, you know, have to get ready in a row to do some quote shirts about it. And, you know, just, yeah. just really like really become these beloved characters that, you know, are like, you know, the clueless characters and all these other characters that we quote and we mention all the time. Like, that's what I'm, I'm hoping and, and, you know, pushing for, for this movie is that we can, you know, it just gets in the norm of that rotation of all these cult classics that we, you know, constantly talk about it and very, then more and more people will see it. It very well may be like a slow burn, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think enough people liked it, even doing our podcast, you know, I don't get shy over any of the shit we do. However, yeah. talking about this, putting my public opinion on this movie, knowing it could be torn up and down, sideways left and right you know whether people love 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 it or hate 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 it i right. just was like i was feeling very like okay kelly and i got to get this right in terms of and we're not recapping it i'm not giving a review i'm not giving it a grade or anything like that i'm just saying i watched it once and i wanted to talk to kelly the whole time and oh did you see that you know 
<laughs> but I'm going to see it again because I want like just another sit through process. I mean, right. the scenes were so cute. And, you know, um, when I was in New York City, like all my straight friends, I mean, all my roommates happened to be straight guys, but we had like the greatest of conversations and they would always trip out over. And in fact, I should encourage them to go watch this. Um, I would always encourage them or uh, not encourage them, but I would tell them some of the the nuances of, of, of gay guys and how, you know, you just even, even how we have sex, it's, it's different, you know? And mm. there was just like some really cute shit that just reminded me of just, wow. Like people could kind of see, you know, that it's not just the nasty, you know, the, the, <laughs> the hooking up it's, right. it is a bit romantic, even if it's like, like sometimes I, I used to say this, Kelly, I, I, I wish I could cuddle without having sex. <laughs> Look, I only have the sex for the sake of when we're done. We could cuddle and talk for like the whole afternoon or the evening. Like that that's my shit. I love that. And there was just this really cute part um where they were cuddling and just talking. And I know I, I'm such a wuss. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Are you laughing no, at me? No, She's I'm laughing. I'm at me. laughing because I'm because I'm the opposite. Like I have sex, I don't have to cuddle. Yeah. See, Kelly, Kelly got the bigger dick than than, than me every episode. Every fucking episode. Uh and this is why our show works um but no i was a softy with that i, I was like feeling the emotion that's that's, that's yeah like when like you that. roll over and either you put him on your shoulder on your on your chest or, or you do this you do, yeah. that, do that to him and just having those like epic conversations now sometimes those conversations are good and then you walk out the door and you never see him again either that happens too but um it left me with a lot of optimism because you know the character was grumpy bobby was gr was grumpy and he was in his 40s i was like <laughs> i can relate <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the character by no means, but there was a lot of I yeah. podcast, you know, I'm never, never happy Love per parallels. se. Let's yeah. And he was that. really loving, which is how I am too. So I just encourage everyone to see it, give it a shot. It's a hard, hard task. Um, I mean, I guess what Billy Eichner was saying was that this Nicholas Stoller brought it to him like, Hey, we want to do something. And Billy was, you know, responsible for, you know, writing something that made sense. And I just can't imagine that task. You're gonna oh, make yeah. you're gonna make a movie that's gonna make the gay LGBTQ community happy because you know we're pretty strict on our our representation. Like we want it to be, we want it to be good. You know we don't we, you know and and then there was a little bit of that sassiness in the in the movie where it's like I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a rom com so the straight guys could feel happy. Like like why do we care about them? And that's kind of like how you sometimes feel because you have to always defend your community. And so. The, the way he managed to push and pull that. And and I would like to think that, you know, people saw it who aren't really familiar with. Uh, I mean, it's not a big deal. That's, that's, that's crazy. But I guess in some I guess in some small cities it is. So, um, you know, yeah, there's, I mean, there's joy and pain with is, with yeah. my review here. But um, I liked it and I think you would like it. And I think it is just there was a there was a when Harry met Sally similarity to like how things were with a nice straight couple and then how things are <laughs> with the gay guys and one guy showing his asshole like it was just wow. it was just very very i mean not no he was taking a photo he was taking a photo wasn't wasn't that deep not that deep um kelly i'm running out of words i think that's it for our bros recap but i hope that people go see it and i hope that honestly i always say you could comment on our podcast or whatever but just i'm we're doing our best here this one really choked me up a little bit i really caught emotions and by the way if there is a second uh, uh sequel we should be in it for sure now, i know I mean. we we joked about it but he's a podcaster in the movie um I'm sure in the movie he needs a nemesis, like another grumpy, 
a grumpy 40 year old i'm the one I mean, let's float the idea now you know while they're <sighs> while they're thinking of, of but it was good often, it was good but... for progress like you said there's going to be a movie with jim parsons coming out in december mm-hmm. um and that's another you know um gay love story so it might be the beginning of a lot of things I it mean, just might take some time even doing it so yeah. i mean yeah. they're really kind of like a, a lot of people are getting hip to the inclusivity and the thing is, is it shouldn't even be a thing. Like, it, well, it, it really I, I want you to see. I want you to see it, and then we'll come back maybe another episode. Yeah. There was a little thing of like, well, at what age do you teach? You know, and not, uh, you know, because one side, Florida, <laughs> they get really into, you know, oh, this means this and an, an agenda. But what at what age do you kind of educate? You know, the kids that people are just different, not even like an agenda. And mm-hmm. um, that part of the movie was done really, really well because nobody has a same answer. Everyone feels different things. Some people yeah. think, you know, it should never be taught. But then other people are like, well, the reason these kids are getting bullied and are committing suicide is because there's such an open society for, you know, calling them the F word and, and it's still holding weight, you know. Yeah. So um, it wasn't just funny. It was also like some good stuff up in there if you really paid attention. So I was into it. Bros, the movie, uh, theatrical release. It's so crazy to even say that to have a gay rom-com. But Billy Eichner uh, hit a home run with this. I hope he's happy. Obviously, you want the numbers to be bigger, but I hope he's happy with the work that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's Billy Eichner. His career has not stalled at all. So, no, no, you know, hopefully that. this gets its due. But if it doesn't, hopefully something else, you know, he navigates into something that's really great because we love uh, watching his work. Yeah. 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 And like I said, I hope, you know, I think it's going to be one of those that, you know, definitely continues to grow and the audience continues to grow for it, like as time goes on. So I wouldn't like, you know, be too worried about it, but I'm definitely excited to see it. Everyone needs to go see it. And if there is a second, if there is a sequel, (laughs) I'm giving myself another job, Kelly. I want you and I to be responsible for casting. Because oh, I want to cast, I want to, I want to cast the next lead. I want to cast who, who else like is our casting wish list mm. and like what our like the story concept would be. Yeah, we'll make we'll we'll, we'll revisit this on our Patreon that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but this was fun. We're just making up all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um. Do you want to do one more topic? We um. Well, I want to talk about yes. I want to talk about that because this. And it, and it goes into the whole relationships and, you know, all this. We've been talking about bros. Let's talk about some babes, some older babes that are, you know, kicking it with some youngins. She's 48 <laughs> years old. And you're right. The name of our episode today is Bros and Babes because we're talking about Billy Eichner's bros movie. And we named it Babes because, you know, Larsa Pippen, of course, is a gorgeous woman. We're not, we're not we're not using the word babes as a, as a, as a negative at all, at all. But my question to you, and the reason we also brought this up and we're wrapping up the show here in a second, is I've noticed that Kelly has really come alive when we talk about relationships you would see our last we couple of episodes as we've we, we've now had a revamp with our show um all of a sudden like kelly has really big opinions on this and so i wanted to know what you think is we're and we're not doing the you could go to another podcast for the play-by-play up to date this this and this we're just generally talking about the topic larsa pippen you know who is a single lady she's not with scotty pippen anymore the divorce is final um you know it was reported for a little while we didn't jump on it but now it's a confirmed reported which still sounds reported to me um but anyways that she's dating michael jordan's son um so he's you know dramatically younger than her and of course i think the michael jordan documentary that had come out 
I think it kind of alluded to Michael Jordan and P Scottie Pippen sort of having a little bit of. Yeah, they just really didn't like each other too much, apparently. Yeah. So through the years and, you know, they just weren't they weren't really friends and they had some beef or whatever. So, of course, that's turning into, you know, is it cool for, you know, herds to kind of go over to the, the other side and, you know, whatever. And for me, hey, you don't live my life. I can date whoever I choose. And oh, that's your perspective. Very, that's my perspective is that it's it's as simple as you don't have to live my life if you don't like it, don't look. Because mm. everyone deserves to explore whatever it is and whomever it is they choose to explore. And it, who's, you know, it's and it has nothing to do with the two of them. So what? who, who cares? I rarely ask for people to like, jump in the comments and give your opinion. But the reason I'm doing that is because there's so many different sides of this, Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, my side of it <laughs> is this is what I'm going to be team Larsa in this, but I'm also going to tell you something some guys have said, you okay. know, about it. And then I want to know your opinion too. So my side of it is Larsa to me is gorgeous. Oh, and sure. everyone knows that. However, however, everybody have, has been ripping her for, for years, it feels like. And I think that sometimes Haters. that is a reflection on what you think good, like good looking people, you somehow, it's a projection. You feel like they have to suffer in some way or you try mm -hmm. to find something wrong with them. Is she gorgeous? Is she so beautiful that you can maybe make the sentence like, oh, she's so full of herself and, and then maybe try to attack her motherhood maybe. But she's a good mother. She raised four kids. She was with Scottie Pippen. She, she was around 20 years old or whatever the case. And she was with him for 20 years or 20 plus years of marriage and tried to make that work. When that woman gets divorced and same thing with Scottie, mm -hmm. what do you want her to do? Do you want her to sit at home and be an old maid now? Like, I think and I don't know if I'm making my point clear, but I'm saying it to me, the ref, the, the the projection of you can't take a hot woman around you because suddenly you think she's tied into uh, promiscuous behavior. She's um, tied into um, it's society's double standard because I guarantee yeah. if he was dating or, and he very well may be, I don't follow his dating life, but you know, if he's dating a younger woman, the scrutiny is not the same. That's yeah. expected because that's usually what happens. But when you flip it and you put a woman as you know, someone then, you know, she's predatory, she's just full of herself, she's doing it as a get back and all the things you want to go through, which is so unfair for, for women. And a lot of the times it's women that are bashing these other women, women right. bash women a lot harder sometimes than the men can, which is really unfortunate. I'm happy that that's starting to become less and less in today's society with you know, a lot of the changes and everything that we're all going through. And I hope it continues on that way. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it's a lot more of the women being jealous of each other and just competing with each other. It's just been, you know, sort of ridiculous. So I, I do have empathy for that because it's, you're right. What is she supposed to do? So she's a gorgeous woman. She's lived her life. She's paid her due. She was a good wife. You know, she did whatever she did. They're divorced. She's not doing anything wrong. She's not cheating. She's not having an affair. She's living her best life. Let her. Yeah. And out of her business. It seems like the people like have all their moral standards up, up in a tizzy based on 
she looks like this. Therefore, she must act like this. And I met a lot of gorgeous people in my life, gorgeous people. And I don't subscribe to the notion that you are a bad person because let's say even you get plastic surgery or whatever the case. I never subscribe to that. And I'm going to tell you why. Who's to say the person that got plastic surgery has bad morals? They might actually have more self-love because they, you know, they did take the time to do a couple nip and tucks or whatever, <laughs> but that doesn't, why do you get the right to equate them as being the superficial human being? And again, if you wanted to write her off, like maybe some other girls, I won't say that it doesn't happen. You know, you're with the ball player and you've kind of used the situation. She was with them for over 20 years. In fact, when she did the first season of Real Housewives of Miami, which I fell in love with her immediately, season one, episode one, frame one, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people were like, oh, she, she left the show or got fired. I don't know the truth of that. I don't know if it was a, a, a firing. I don't think so. Or she left the show. She had stated that, well, Scotty really didn't want me to do the second season. So you see what I'm saying? It, just like that, yeah. she said, at, while she was married, well, and they were they were not divorced at the time. He doesn't want me to do it. I'm not going to do it. Like, this is only going to work so long as my family is intact. Right. So it, it, the notion for people to be, oh, she's this and she's that. And then she's managed to be a good mother. She's managed to what I love. This is what I love, too, Kelly, because you, you know people do this. Let's say you're this could be with friends, dating, family, even. It's always a bad sign when the person talks bad about that person in front of everybody. In public, she has only talked good about Scottie Pippen. She has mm -hmm. never tore him down because that is the father of her four kids. I mean, I if anything, I think Larsa, because she's so gorgeous, she's probably a lot happier than the rest of us ugly schlugs. <laughs> well, and a lot of the times, a lot of that hate and criticism and judgments come from projection. It's people projecting their stuff onto her because there's a lot of envy. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of all these different emotions and all these things that everyone goes through that they don't know how to actually communicate correctly so it's just easier to talk shit like she has to be this because there's no way that she can be a gorgeous great wife great mother great friend great person because she can't have all of that that's not fair yeah. and so we have to figure out ways to cut her down in whatever we're doing and that's that's just a societal thing and it's just unfair and it's unfortunate it's so many women deal with that and I think that it you know, and it probably is, has something to do with the way that she may carry herself and that, you know, I don't, you know, give a kind of attitude and I live my life, how I live my life and whatever. And that's not, that may not always get her the best reactions, but then at the end of the day, like, I don't live for you. So why do I need to worry about how my life is affecting you? You don't have to look at it. Change the channel. Get off my social media. Like, go that's, away. That's funny because you you only know about her. I mean, I don't know if you know about her as much as I always I don't, I don't. rave about yeah. her. But um, what I rave about her is that she does something that I try to do, but we're all emotional. So sometimes we can't be that strong. Mm -hmm. um, one time she was getting interviewed and, you know, she was good friends with the Kardashians for a while. That's another thing. Everyone's always like, oh, you're trying to be a Kardashian. I'm like, She's been with Scotty while he was a world champion. She was, she's already been in all the famous circles and knows everybody. Mm -hmm. The Kardashians, while they were, not, it was a good experience, I'm sure. Like she's not stressing over if the Kardashians are as tight. And even that, when people try to ask her about the Kardashians, she never really shits on them, even though there was a bit of a breakup or a divide mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Um, she always is like, I don't really like to talk bad about them or anything. I don't like to say anything because, you know, our kids are still friends with their, with their kids and stuff like that. She's just a class act. But she said something once when they asked her about like, well, did you have any instrumental um, 
what, 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 where were you involved in like the Tristan and Khloe Kardashian situation? Mm -hmm. She said, now here's this. She said she actually met him first, maybe went on a date. It was actually Khloe who kind of came up behind and latched onto him. And then the interviewer, I can't remember where, where I saw this, perhaps Hollywood Unlocked, but the interviewer was like, oh, did you feel like, how did you feel? And she said this and she said this on other interviews, too. I mean, it's fine. I don't want to be with anyone who doesn't want to be with me. So if this Tristan, if this Tristan Thompson or whatever his name is, latched onto her, but really wanted to make his way into the Kardashian world, she she didn't stress it. She wasn't that mad. And I just I remember like I've always had that like confidence that I've been trying to build within myself that mm -hmm. Ronnie, you only want to be where you're welcomed. You don't you don't ever want to be. What's the song by Bonnie Raitt? You can't make somebody. Uh, I can't make you love me if you don't. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I can't make you love me. Yeah. Which is much easier said than done because no, it is. But that that is a very good place to strive to be because it does take a lot of self awareness and self confidence and self esteem to be able to say, you know what, it's okay. I might not have been for that person, but I'll be for someone else. And it's you know to not let it just kind of destroy you because, Oh, why don't they like me or why, you know, yeah. whatever it it's, it's hard and it's very commendable. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to, for, you know, someone to be able to have that kind of reaction. It's like, Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. And maybe yeah. that little nonchalantness bothers people because everyone else totally. is really stressed and hyped up. And, you know, we all are too, because we can't really be that comfortable. Mm -hmm. She's got a great life. It's a, it is a blessing. And I think with that great life and that blessing kind of has you like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to be in a place that I'm not really welcomed, you know? Um, yeah. But I, where, where I take the side of like, it's BS is where some, I, I feel like some, <laughs> oh boy, the straight guys, they're going to get it today. No, um, I feel like they, I feel like, and this is a, this is something I didn't even think of. You know, I'm more like, yes, you know, Larsa, Housewives of Miami, you yeah. know, that's my vibe. But I didn't realize that some guys looked at this as this. They said, oh shit, or shoot, um, Michael Jordan <laughs> really stuck it to Scotty. I'm like, what Michael and Scotty got to do with it? Meaning, Michael got the last laugh because her son or his son, uh, Michael's son is with Larsa. And that's like a, that's like a big bro code diss or whatever. See, I didn't even, I, I could understand the bro code part of it, but they're not friends. Yeah. And I could understand even if you wanted to say Larsa, you really shouldn't be dating, you know, your ex-husband's teammate that he didn't but get along. But, 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 but who's to say, but that's not what I'm, but that's not even it. It's that these I've, I've heard straight guys talking about the ego of it's, when when this situation happens, it's like Michael got the better of Scotty. That to me feels so egotistical. But I've heard it. I mean, I've heard it. I've seen it online. I've seen a lot of chatter. Can't like, you flip it around and be like, well, you know, Scotty's wife is gonna go like school Michael's kid and teach him how to be a you know, like can't you flip that? Not around? in this, like, not in this heteronormative male society where <laughs> it's like who won and who lost. And I I didn't even see it that way. And yeah, maybe I'm over speaking. Yeah. Maybe I'm over speaking. But no, I but do it's think like the Romeo Juliet thing, right, with the different families. Like mm. you can't. You know, you can't go to that side and nobody in your line can be associated with them because it's a rivalry and, you know, like whatever, like, you know, just 
you know, a lot of sports fanatics will be that way. I mean, it's, it's funny because even growing up in Texas and you've got your football teams and all of that, and it's, you know, if you've got a family that's all, you know, one team, you know, we all are, let's say we all go to college, everybody's a UT fan. And then you've got somebody that's dating somebody from OU, like F that, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of funny. I mean, and that's like a real <laughs> trivial way to go about it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just funny that way. So I can see where that thought process comes in. It's just like, come on, get over yourselves, guys. They haven't played basketball. Basketball and how many years those two, Michael and yeah. Scotty, like how many years have they been retired? Like, if anything, you could not like it because there's an age gap and maybe that mm -hmm. seems a little funny. But, but I mean, again, like he would do like guys do it all the time. Well, there's another thing. I mean, just the thing is where I really came with this whole story was more about like how they just continuously for years and years and years and years and years have um, just really tore her apart. You know, even yeah. within, you know, uh, if you're listening audibly on uh, iTunes and now, uh, and uh, Spotify and everything. Uh, right now, we have a photo of Scotty with a young Larsa Pippen, and she did visibly look a little different. You know, she grew and she really grew up, and you know, maybe had some stuff done or whatever. But even that, that doesn't bug me. The funny thing is, my confidence is so in check. Me, my confidence, like me, Ronnie, yeah. I'm so like my confidence is so in check that somebody who went out of their way to like make themselves beautiful, like you're not she was gorgeous already, but to make little enhancements, what does that have to do with me? Why do I get the luxury of getting to judge that person? And I'm going to tell you the reason I get mad about it is because, you know, when this podcast really starts moving, you're going to see a sharp jawline, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to be like, wow, Ronnie looks like Khloe Kardashian. What happened? You know? And, and, and I wanted to make, be known that I'm as nice and sweethearted and kind now as I will be when I get stuff done to better my look or whatever, you know, just something I want to do for my own thing. If somebody wants to make themselves look a certain way, what does that have to do with you? Now I understand right. there's a stereotype. There's a lot of really pretty people, guys and girls, and sometimes they don't treat people well, but I don't live in that space as a default. Me personally, mm -hmm. I Maybe I just, I, I think looks don't necessarily mean you're you're some like hard person to talk to i feel like right. but we do that a little bit like oh she must not be a good mother because she got her look together maybe she wants to also look beautiful and maybe she is a good mother too anyways yeah, i think I mean, it's, maybe it's more for and sometimes it's okay to want to do something for yourself you know she's given her life to her family for however many years and maybe she's taking some time for herself now and who like i just don't understand why everybody feels they need to be up in somebody else's bedroom why yeah Who well cares? this is what this is what i loved about and we'll wrap now i loved mm -hmm. about this you know michael jordan's son situation mm -hmm. they've been in her business and yes she was with future for a little bit and yes she might have been with this one and that one but she's also a single woman um mm -hmm. it's almost like they've always been in her business no matter what she did right. so fine you know what you want something to talk about here we go here you go and she's gonna be the star of real housewives <laughs> of miami like she was last year and ronnie has always been a fan and yeah, it's just, I don't know. That's why we did the episode titled Bros from the Billy Eichner mm -hmm. movie and Babes because it really is somewhat with women too, women to women judgment or even guys to women judgment. It's really a sick thing that we, how we treat women sometimes or we just assume, you know, she looks and dresses like this. We make all the assumptions. Why oh, do we sure. do that? Larsa's gorgeous and she, and, and, and she is a babe. But I'll yeah, tell you right now, if she ever did our podcast, she'd be like... Oh, girl, Kelly, what's up? You know, like, and I, oh, hi, Ronnie. Like, she would love us because we read as authentic people. So if you're not authentic, that's when all that superficial shit is oh, a projection. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. And I say, you know, get it, girl. Live your best life. Continue to do so. Do as you please because no one lives your life but you. So live the best life you can. Everyone, everyone should. 
Stay yeah. out of my bedroom. <laughs> Um, as we wrap up, I'm going to encourage everyone to go on over to my podcast randomly with Ronnie jr. Pop culture POV. Uh, let's shine a light on it.com. There's so many podcasts that I'm doing outside of difficult podcasters.com with the gorgeous Kelly. And it's a lot of fun. So if you get a chance to look at all the other ones and support them in any way, a comment or a like or a share, that's actually really good for me. And, um, yeah, we're one step closer to uh, succeeding in this crazy and difficult podcast world. Um, last words, and then we'll, we'll, we'll head out of here. Yeah, so everyone, so the moral of this podcast today is to support each other. Don't talk shit. Stay out of everyone else's bedroom. Mind your business. Go <laughs> see bros, and don't worry, darling, and have fun at the movies, and let's just all support each other. <laughs> the moral of the podcast. We have morals? We have a moral today. Today we have morals. <laughs> It might be the only time I ever say that. So, yeah. All right, I'm with it. Kelly says, "Jump!" I say, "How I." This was, this was a show. I gotta go. Bye. Was very emotional, everyone. So take it in. It was. I would. Much as I'm a dickhead usually, or like I could be a little (laughs) grumpy when I I get emotional. I was like, no, I was really like, mm, I love it. I, love I was feeling the but feels, it, it, it y'all. Important. All the feels are good to feel. Don't yeah. be afraid to feel the feels. So see, see we have morals today. You never know what you're going to get on this podcast. All right. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for your work. And uh, we are out of here. Bye.